This episode of the Tony Robbins Podcast is brought to you by Tony Robbins Results Coaching. Whatever area in your life you want to change, your relationship, your health, your career, or your business, coaching is one of the most valuable tools you can have. It's an investment in yourself, and it can yield some of the highest returns. Tony Robbins Results Coaches are hand-selected and trained by the master of coaching, Tony Robbins himself, to have the skills that will empower you with supreme focus, powerful insight, and the accountability needed to achieve everything you've ever dreamed. To help you get started, Tony is offering podcast listeners a free results coaching strategy session with one of his top coaches, a $200 value. Visit TonyRobbins.com forward slash results and schedule your free session today. What makes for a great coach? It's the ability to lead, to make things happen, maximize resources, and inspire. It's the extraordinary quality that solves problems and helps the individual come to a new level of understanding what's possible. And it's the skill and talent to influence and guide others to make real breakthroughs and create lasting change. Great coaches see things as they are, not worse than they are. They have a firm grasp on reality and are honest with themselves about where they and their teams stand. They have a clear vision and they understand strategy. They also know that it's not about resources, that is, having the top recruits on their team. It's knowing how to maximize each player's energy, creativity, courage, faith, and determination to achieve team goals. A good coach wins with great players, but a great coach figures out exactly how to win with whatever players he or she has. Over his 40-year career, Tony Robbins has had the opportunity to work with some of the best coaches that professional sports has ever seen. NBA coach Pat Riley is one of them. He's won five championships, four with the Los Angeles Lakers and one with the Miami Heat, and he's been inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Listen to Tony as he explains how he helped legendary coach Pat Riley take the Lakers to the next level. You know, sometimes somebody says something goes right in your brain and never leaves, never left for Pat. So Pat would take these players and he would push them so hard in practice. His goal was make practice five times harder than the toughest game. Why does he want to do that? If I can make this the most brutal thing in your life and I can do it four or five times, by the time you get to a game, a game feels like it's easy. And where games are won and lost are often in that last quarter because people are out of condition or exhausted or things get tough. That's how Pat has built the teams he's built. But in the old days, a coach could tell you to do anything, run through that wall, and you would do it. But in the modern world, you tell an athlete who gets $19 million a year to run through a wall, he goes, you. He doesn't even want to fly on your plane. He has his own golf string. Why do I have to fly with a team? It's a different universe than it was back in those days. So Pat, back in the Lakers, the changes are starting to happen. He pushes these guys, and they're willing to push. But when you lose everything you work for for a year, and you leave your soul out on the court, and you lose, people hate that. It's one thing to lose. It's another lose when you feel like you gave what? Everything. So the next year, 1985, if I remember correctly, Pat goes out and he tells the team, look, we have to get 25% better. If we're going to win the championship, if we're going to do this, we got to get 25% better. Now, when he said we got to get 25% better, we're going to increase our workouts, we're going to increase all the 25% more. What are these guys thinking in their head? You tell me. There's no effing way. There isn't 25% more in me. And they started to push back. And he got annoyed and pushed back on them. And all of a sudden, there was a loss of rapport. So Pat comes to me and said, I've never had this. It's like a mutiny. 
he said, I got these guys and they've always listened and I'm pushing them and they're, they're, not, they're just not responding. He goes, this is the most crazy ass thing in the world. I said, Pat, do you really need to be 25% better when you lost in the seventh game by this many points? He goes, no, but I figured if I make it 25, then if we at least get to like 10, that's all we need. I said, the problem is you went past the threshold of their belief. When you go beyond the threshold of what somebody believes, it's over. Raise your hand if you follow what I'm talking about. Because they check out and go, I can't do that. I won't do that. There's no way. He goes, well, if I would have said 10%, they might go for 2%. I said, here's what you do. Can I give you coaching? He goes, yeah. I said, you go back to the team and you apologize. He's Tony, I don't think I like this idea at all. I said, listen to me. Go to him and say, to think that you guys that gave your souls all last year, every game, could do 25% more is complete bullshit. You gave your all. We left it all on the table. We lost in the last game, literally by a few points. It was devastating for everybody. Go back and say, it's stupid of me to do that. I want to apologize. There's no way you could do 25% more. In fact, truthfully, there's not any more anybody here could do. So here's what we're going to do. Let's just do our best. Let's try and duplicate what we did last year and just maybe a little better. And uh, we'll let the chips fall where they may. Now you say that to world-class athletes who consider themselves to be us the world and you go, you can't really get any better. Now what happens? So if I come along, put your fist out. If I come out like this and I push on him, what is he doing? I didn't tell him to push back. Why is he pushing back? That's human nature. I'm pushing hard, he's pushing hard. Now if one of us misses, we got a challenge, right? So I said, here's what you do. Instead of pushing them for 25%, push them that you know they can't do any better. And any man with his salt, what's he gonna do? He's gonna push back. So the guys go, what the hell are you talking about? You're right, 25% is insane, but saying we're not gonna improve at all, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Now he's got these guys giving an about having low standards. It's the perfect piece. So I said, when they do it, and it's predictable, they will. All you gotta do is go, okay, you're right. To have no standard is stupid. None of us are about that. Let's just, let's just improve a tiny bit. Let's all agree that we'll just improve 1%. 1% in five areas of the game. So 1% better in rebounding, 1% better in free throws, 1% from the, from the floor, 1% better on block shots. Five elements, 1% better. Now, what are these guys thinking now when he says 1% better? What are they thinking? Two what? Too easy. How many think they're thinking too easy? It's exactly what they said. The majority of them are going 1%. We can do 10%. We can do 5, 8%. We're not going to do 1%. Now they're telling him they should be doing more than what he's asking. He goes, okay, if you do more, that's your business. All I ask from you is 1% better in each of five areas of the game. Now look at the genius of this simple plan. It's based on everything I teach. What's going to happen now? He's got 11 players on the team. If they all get 1% better in 5% of the game, that's 55% better. Truthfully though, on the floor, there's only five players at a time. So five players, 5% better each is a, that's how I came up with a plan. I said, now by the way, they won't all do that, but even a small number of them do that, you're gonna blow your numbers off the roof. And by the way, they went back, played Boston again in the championship, beat their ass. Started the Laker dynasty, that's where it all began. Welcome back. Have you ever wondered how world-class athletes, the ones whose names will live throughout history, like Serena Williams, Michael Phelps, LeBron James, get to where they are? Do they just show up and start shooting three-point shots or hitting 200-mile-an-hour serves? No. They get into the right state, harness their physiology and their focus, and they practice. 
over and over and over again until it is so ingrained in their body that it becomes second nature. As Tony often says, repetition is the mother of skill. Listen now as Tony shares a story about how he helped eight-time Grand Slam champion tennis player Andre Agassi overcome his frustration after a series of losses and regain the state of absolute certainty in himself and his ability to perform at the highest level. One of the first athletes that I worked with that got national attention was Andre Agassi. I remember Andre. He lives here in Vegas. And Andre's a prince amongst men. He's a good human being. But when I met Andre, he was at a place, place of total frustration. He had become number one in the world. He won Wimbledon. And then unexpectedly, he just plummeted. I don't remember the real number, but I think he dropped to like from number one to like 21 or 22. And it was in a very short period of time. And his wrist got injured, but that wasn't it. That happened after he dropped. And he was, his father was his manager, and he was frustrated with his father. He was actually considering quitting the sport. And he was dating a Brit, or he was dating Brooke Shields at the time, who had been a client of mine before. And she said, you got to go see Tony Robbins. And he goes, I don't need positive thinking. And Andre's normally a nice guy, but when people are frustrated, they're not real nice. And she goes, he's not that. He's a strategist. He'll figure out what you did at your best. He'll show you. She goes, nothing else is working. Why don't you come see him? So he comes to my house. I'm 31 years old. I'll never forget. He walks in my house. He shakes my hand. He sits down on my couch like this, and he just goes, do your And I said, first of all, it's not I said, second of all, you're in my house. I said, third of all, the attitude could go first if you want help. I said, listen, I know you're frustrated. Tell me what's going on. So he tells me this tirade of upsets, his wrist, his father, all these things. And I look at him and I said, well, why don't we do something simple? Have you ever hit a tennis ball perfectly? He said, no. I said, the attitude could go first. He goes, of course I have. I said, I know you have. Do it. Close your eyes and vividly experience hitting the tennis ball perfectly 10 times. And don't bullshit me. Do it full tilt like it's the best swing of your life, where you actually feel it, see it, experience it. And he did. About four or five in, he starts to get a little smile. Because as he changed his focus, it changed his physiology. Even thinking about changing his physiology starts to change him on a micro level. So after 10 times, he goes, okay, I did it. I said, yeah. So here's my question. You did 10 perfect swings? He said, yes. I said, did you ever think about your wrist during any one of those swings? He said, no. I said, all your focus is on your wrist. How are you ever going to get back to it if that's not what you do when you're at your best? He goes, well, what do I do? I said, it's not what you do. It's the state you're in. We got to put you back in the state. How many of you have been in that state where things just flow for you? The words come through. You hit the ball. Who knows what I'm talking about here? Say, I. If you've ever done that more than one time, then your unconscious mind knows how to do it. Your conscious mind just doesn't know how to trigger it. So I figure out how to trigger it so you can do it at will every time. And we're going to do this with you. So what do I do with it? I'm old enough to remember something. Many of you are not ancient enough to remember, but there was a time in which we actually viewed things on something called VHS tapes. Is there anyone ancient enough to remember this old technology? A lot of ancient people in this room. So I thought I was cool. I had this little portable TV that had a VHS built into it. It was the hottest technology. I rolled this big-ass thing out. I put it in front of him, and I show him a video first of when he won at Wimbledon. And here's what he does. You see him walk out on the court the day he won. He walks out like this. He takes the ball and bounces like this and bounces like this. And then all of a sudden, he did something I hadn't seen. 
He takes his racket. He puts it in the same hand with the ball. He used to wear a baseball cap because in those days he had this thing called hair. <laughs> How many remember Andre with his big ponytail, right? He got his big ponytail. He puts it up here. looks at the guy like this. Puts his hand under his ponytail. Goes, <laughs> and as he's watching, he starts to grin from ear to ear. Totally changes the state, right? I said, do you remember that moment? He goes, of course I remember that moment. I said, first of all, look at how you walked on the court. I mean, you were prowling. You were walking like you own that court. And then you bounce like this. And I said, what is this thing? What is that? He goes, I don't know. It just felt good. And I said, well, that's awesome. I said, so we see what you did with your physiology. How many follow this? Say I. So that changed your biochemistry, put you in a state of peak performance. But then what were you focused on? Do you remember that? He goes, I remember vividly. He said, I was looking at him thinking, why did you even show up? How's that for certainty? So I said, okay, now he's like on fire. So I pull out the VHS tape. I put in a new one and it's him at the French Open. And it's when he got annihilated and he walks out on the court like this. This is his walk. Kind of like, what's that guy from Mr. Roper from Three's Company or some shit, right? And then he, he bounces the ball like this. And he looks at the guy, and I freeze frame it like this. He's like, I said, do you remember that moment? He goes, yes, I remember that moment. I said, who is this idiot walking out here? It's not the same man. How many fall? right? Different biochemistry, different human, different certainty. Listen, in sports, in business, in marketing, in selling, in marketing, in children, in life, in relationships, certainty rules. If two people have respect and rapport, you need that first. If there's rapport and respect, the person who's most certain will influence the other person always. And in athletics, the person who has the most certainty will execute at the higher level. It's not knowledge, it's not ability, it's execution and state controls execution. So I, he saw that and I said, then do you remember what you're focusing on? He goes, I remember, I was looking at that guy, I remember the last twi two times he beat me and thinking I can't go through this again. See, physiology and focus, two Fs, they're not actually Fs but it sounds good, physiology and focus. If you change either one of them, how fast can you change your state, my friends, how fast? What Tony has to say about certainty or the belief that you will accomplish what you set out to do, no matter what is happening in the external world, applies not only to achieving success in sports, but anything in life. If you develop the absolute sense of certainty that powerful beliefs provide, you can get yourself to accomplish the seemingly impossible. But how do you achieve certainty in yourself? One of those ways is momentum. Now, what you're about to hear is not Tony talking to seminar clients, and it's not him talking to a group of athletes at halftime. He is in Dubai, speaking to heads of state, CEOs, world leaders, policymakers, and global influencers of change and progress. These are the people who are trying to figure out solutions for the many problems that we as global citizens must tackle. How to ensure that everyone, everywhere, has access to an extraordinary quality of life. So listen carefully, because the principle he explains here at the World Government Summit is something you can use to achieve results in your own life. Energy makes the difference in everything. So if we want to see a way to shift energy, I'm sure you've seen this in sports. I work with a lot of sports athletes and teams. I've worked with everybody from Michael Jordan, the Golden State Warriors, if you're familiar with that group, football players, hockey players, every place. This last year I worked with two world championship teams, one in hockey, the Capitals that won the NHL championship, and the Golden State Warriors, who if you know the NBA, won the NBA. I've worked with them the last four years. When you work with play teams, you see this thing called momentum, and momentum is what government rarely gets. 
Successful governments or successful leaders know how to take and create a momentum. How many have noticed that certain people in a sport get momentum and the game changes? Who knows what I'm talking about here? Say I. Say I if you would. So if you want to see this, what would you say is the potential of any human being? When I was talking to it was actually Mr. Gargawi yesterday. He was saying, we believe that anything is possible. And he said, you know why? Because I grew up in a place where there was no water and no electricity. And look where we are today. Anything is possible. That's why we're going to go to Mars, because we have that kind of vision. So the potential of any human being, how many would agree the potential is extraordinary? Okay, say I. So if we got extraordinary potential, do most people's results reflect that true potential? Whether it be in government, whether it be in business, whether it be in their life, yes or no? Yes or no? No, not most people's results aren't even close to what their potential is. So what is our job as leaders? Close the gap between what's possible and what's true. And so how would we do that? Well, if we understand momentum, it's not that hard. If I said to you, you have this huge potential, but the person is not getting great results, what would you say is the reason why? Yell it out if you would, anyone. Not taking enough action, okay, that makes sense. But could you take a lot of action, but not believe it's gonna work and then fail still, yes or no? Of course, we all know that. So sometimes if somebody's in business and they knock on business doors and say, you wouldn't wanna do business with me, would you? They don't say that verbally, but their face says it, their energy says it. Someone is still gonna do business with you because they want your children to starve. But the bottom line is, you're not gonna influence people if you knocked on 100 doors trying to do business. So I believe that if you wanna change the momentum of your life, it's not about changing your potential. Yes, you can take more action, but the real secret is changing the certainty, which is what makes somebody a great leader. Have you ever watched an athlete uh, in any sport, run out on the field, and let's say a kicker in a sport like football or basketball where they're gonna do a free throw or some sport you love, and you watch them walk out there, and as you see them walk out, you think to yourself, they're gonna miss it. Who's ever known it was gonna happen before they missed it? Raise your hand if you've seen this and know this what I'm talking about in sports here, say I. So how did you know it? You saw the uncertainty in them, right? And uncertainty doesn't move people. Disney had enough certainty, he put it in people, so when he left, they still had the certainty. That's leadership. Management is when you get people to do things while you're there. Leadership is you change people's values, their standards, and when you're not there, they perform at a higher level. So the bottom line is, if we wanna change this, we gotta produce that certainty. So I'd like to show you an example of what this means. Watch this. If someone has very little certainty, are they gonna tap their full potential? What would you say, yes or no? No, we all know the answer is no. So if they're not gonna tap the potential, well then are they gonna take massive action on something they don't feel very certain about? No, because people don't wanna fail. So when you have little certainty, you tap little potential, you get little action, and when you take little action with little potential, what kind of results do you get, whether it's in government or business or your personal life? Little results. Then what happens when you get lousy results? Your brain says, see, I told you it wasn't worthwhile, told you it wouldn't work, told you it was a waste of time, so now you tap even less certainty, you tap even less potential because you don't believe, because you just failed, and then what happens? You take less results, you get worse results, what happens? Even less certainty, and now you're on the downward spiral. Who knows what I'm talking about? I've seen this in business or in government here. Raise your hand, say aye. Well, how would we change this? You wouldn't work on your potential, it's already great. You could work on your actions, but if you work on the actions, that's when people say, I tried. They tried, they took action, but they didn't really have certainty, so they didn't execute. 
Trying doesn't do anything. It's only certainty that gets us to follow through in athletics and business and leadership or anything else. So I believe the way to change is change that certainty, but how you do it when it's not working? The answer is you gotta change the results in advance. So most athletes do this, great athletes. They rehearse in their mind. I'm sure many of you have seen the research that's been done over the years. In basketball, shooting a sport for free throws, they've done studies with three groups. They take them for six weeks. One group does not practice at all. The other group practices for one hour a day. The third group practices only 30 minutes a day, but only in their mind. They never touch the basketball. At the end of six weeks, who do you think is doing worse? It's obvious, the ones that did nothing. Who's doing best, though? Not the person that actually practiced. The person that practiced in their mind. And why was that? because it's perfect practice that makes it work. And by seeing it succeed over and over again, it produces so much certainty that when it's time to do it, they execute it. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Tony Robbins Podcast, a collection of one-on-one interviews with thought leaders, fascinating stories, and exclusive strategies from Tony Robbins himself. If we've added value for you today, let us know. Leave us feedback on iTunes or give us a rating. And to get new episodes the very moment they're released, subscribe now. You'll be among the hundreds of thousands who are following the Tony Robbins podcast. Next up on the Tony Robbins podcast, we have some big names coming at you. Legendary athletes and performers that Tony interviews to find out what got them to the top of their game. So come back to see what's new in the peak performance season. The Tony Robbins Podcast is directed and hosted by Tony Robbins. Annie York is our editorial director and occasional host. Our executive producer is Hollis Tuma. Jamie Carvajal and Adriel De La Torre are our digital editors. Copyright Robbins Research International.